one. Hello, everyone. We're live. Welcome to Technically Managing. This is the podcast where we're technically managing as product managers and technically managing in our life. Yep. Um, I'm Zachary Telke. And this I'm is... Robin Murakami. Sorry. No, we we we've never <laughs> coordinated that. Like we never do. We need to like actually get a routine down for that. I think we're finally starting to get our intro more succinct, but like we need to know like, do I pass it to you? Do I say your name? Right, right. That is true. It's we'll okay. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um. Did you want to say your name again? I think I cut you off. Oh no! I, I was just introducing myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, everyone. Um, so yeah, what's been new, Ramu? Um, new. Okay, so I watched Barbie, the Barbie movie last night. I saw it too. What are your thoughts? Yes. Honestly, I loved it. I don't know how you feel about it, but I loved it so freaking much. Um, so I don't know how it is in Austin, but like. In Miami, people are super dressing up to go to watch the Barbie movie. Like, everyone is, like, dressing up in pink and everything. And guess what I did? Like, guess how I went to the movies last night? Not in pink, I'm guessing. <laughs> no. I went in sweatpants with a with a hoodie. Like, super, like, basically I'm at home type of thing. Because that's how I like going to the movies, right? Yeah. You want to be comfy. That's like, yeah. your, that's like your sweatpants environment. Like, you're not in the bar. You're not in the club. Like... I'm just here to enjoy myself kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a Wednesday night, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to go like comfortable, you know? And like, I don't want to feel cold and all that stuff. So whatever. And as I'm going in, I see this girl, she's wearing like super shorts, um, jeans, and she's wearing like this pink, super pretty heels. Like, I mean, she, she was like, she looked really pretty, you know, but I was like, wow, immediately felt like, I was underdressed. <laughs> Did you like feel because sometimes I'm in environments where I'm underdressed and everyone yeah. else is, like dressed up. There yeah. are times where I feel out of place for being underdressed. And there are times yeah. where I feel like empowered that I am almost like it's a status <laughs> symbol. That's like, I don't have to try right now. And yeah. you know, I'm more comfortable because of it. Like, I... were you were you regretting it? Or did you like, nah, I still like the comfy vibe. I mean, I've been in those situations where I'm very underdressed. And I'm like, oh, like, I should like leave and come back dressed, especially, okay. Like for example, I don't know if you've seen these videos of um, like there's two types of girls at the gym and it's like the girls that like are really cute. They have like their sets together, you know, like everything is matching. And then like the girls that just like wear like a sleeping shirt and like leggings and stuff like that, that's me, you know? Hmm. And I've owned it. So like, I'm fine with that, you know, but sometimes like, you do feel uncomfortable a little bit, you know? Um, but yesterday, I actually, I went on Wednesday because I didn't want a lot of people, like, you know, in the movie theater. And basically, I wasn't expecting people to be dressed up neither. So at that time, I, I was like, wow, maybe, maybe this is like a thing every day of the week <laughs> to go see Barbie. So I did feel underdressed a little bit, you know? Um, but I don't regret it because I was not cold and I was very comfortable. So I don't regret it, you know? Nice. Yeah. But I did love the movie. What did you think about it? <laughs> no, do not tell me you did not like it. I 
hated it. And I'll no. just leave. I don't even want to talk about why, because I don't want the angry mobs like after me. There's already a meme where it's like, if your boyfriend hates Barbie, dump him. Like, I'm not. I'll just I leave know. it as I seriously disliked it and just leave it there. So it was not made for Montana? me. So it's like, <laughs> what? What about Montana? You watched you watched it with her? Yeah, Montana and I went. Um, I think it was last Friday. We went to the Alamo Draft House, which is like a really cool movie theater um, chain in Austin. But she liked it. She didn't like love it, but she did like think it was fun. Um, the set design is like beautiful for it, though. They did such a good job with that. That was like really cool. Yeah, I thought I was going to like hate it because of all the promotion they did, you know, like, you know, when they hype up a movie that much, I mean, of course, you didn't like it. But, you know, I felt like they hyped it a lot. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's not gonna be that good. But I liked it. And it was funny. Like it made me laugh a lot. So there were some funny moments of it. I'll give it that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it the credit where I can do it, like where I can. I'm not, <laughs> I refuse to get throw myself into that conversation. <laughs> But I'll yeah, say yeah, the yeah, nice yeah, things no. I can. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. But yeah, so I did that yesterday. And overall, at work, I've been working on Cloud World stuff, of course, still. We put a lot of work into this. So people, I hope you you really enjoy it. If you, if you get to go to Cloud World or if you sign up for any of the digital content. Um, I was telling Zach that I just um, recorded my Cloud World digital session. So... I hope you guys see it and have fun with it. Um, we made it like very visual and I think it's like for everyone to understand. So I liked working on it. It was a lot of work, but I liked working on it. And I actually started doing something really fun this week that was um, making interface designs in Figma. Have you heard of Figma? Yeah, that's... Uh... It's like a mock-up tool, right? Yeah, yeah. So I started doing a couple of mock-ups. I have a lot to learn, but um, it's it's super cool. And I actually enjoy that a lot. So mock-ups are fun. I love that kind of stuff. Like it's yeah. just, that is nice about our job that we can just kind of like hit different brain areas. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. I was watching a video that spoke about what product management is about. And I think they named um, data, design, and two other things that I forgot. Maybe I'll remember. But <laughs> but definitely, I think design is one of the fun parts of product management, being able to come up with different like workflows that work for other people and make basically everyone's life easier when you're like using our product. So it, it was it's fun. Wait, so how do the digital sessions work? Like, do you know what people have to do um, to be able to like view your content? Is that something that's just like live streamed when Cloud World's going on? Or like you find it on like a website somewhere just like surrounding Cloud World season? So I'm not very familiar with it, but I think you, whenever you sign in for, sign up for Cloud World, you get access to like a portal or something where you see like the schedule all of like the sessions that they're going to be um, at Cloud World, and you also get digital content. So I think you are able to access it through like the portal or an application. So yeah, it, it will be there throughout the whole time, basically. It's okay, not like nice. a live thing. They don't play it live. Yeah. 
That'll be nice to see, though. Yeah, for people who are at Cloud World, I'll be there. I have uh, two workshops and one presentation. So um, the presentation will just be like a SQL scale 101, like introduction to it kind of thing. Uh, SQL scale is our command line interface for working with the Oracle database. And then I'll have two workshops around the Liquibase feature in SQL CL, which as I've mentioned, like on the podcast before, that's for like automating your database objects and also your application and REST API deployment. So it'll be fun. I had my SQL CL Liquibase webinar the other week. We had like pretty good turnout for that. We had like 160 or 180 people show up. And then like the video, we had the whole session recorded and the videos on YouTube. Um, we, we could probably, link. yeah, we should link that in the description of this. It's like been out less than a week, that video, and it's already like up to 400 views. So people wow. really liked the session. It was my first time doing something like that. So I was like nervous about it, but it was like great to see. That's like the thing that's kind of funny about our job is you spend like so much time just like tunneled in by yourself, just working on your like content and stuff. That one, like you finally produce the thing. You're like, I have no idea if this is good or bad just because I've been staring at it so long. Yes. And you have like all your own worries and doubts. So just see, like, just to see like all that positive reception about it was like really cool. And just, hey, like, it's not just like my like team telling me like you're doing a good job. Like, oh, it's like people who oh. don't have a vested interest in me are just like, that was really nice. So that made me excited. I have another webinar. I need to check. Let me check the date right now because... Uh, yeah, I am. That'd be a good thing to shout out to. It's at the end of August. I'll basically be doing a webinar on my SQL CL content leading up to Cloud World. So if you're not able to go to Cloud World, this would be really cool to check out. Yeah, we can link it in the description. Um, on the 24th of August, I'll be having my second webinar just on like the whole SQL CL tool in general. Okay. Um, so do you have any tips or like something that you want to share about how you make your presentations more interactive or more, you know, interesting? Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. try to make your presentations more interactive or more interesting? <laughs> no. So I feel like this is something that I'm like, I find a really interesting topic because I kind of have like a couple different brains in my head. And I think it's like, because like I started out in finance, I went to solution engineering, which is like under the sales org. And now I'm in product management where like when I'm working on these like workshops and presentations, I'm trying to kind of balance different things where the first and foremost is like the technical aspect, like the walking through steps have to be solid. Like that's just kind of the, no matter what that needs to be done kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like since being in the sales org, I've like been trying to focus around how to be more like value oriented in your messaging, because even like having that solution engineering background kind of being more in the technical product side of things now, I feel like it's very easy to get like lost in your own details mm -hmm. where like, you can you can see the importance in everything and how everything connects and you know on like such a deep level that when you're trying to like build presentations and workshops for it it's 
it's kind of hard to get out of that mode of level of detail to just like that first time taking a look at something perspective again. Yep. So like just I'll use my SQL CL uh Liquibase 101 workshop that's live on Live Labs called uh take control of your database with automated schema changes. So like for that one, there was a couple like different components to it where I wanted the workshop to be built in a way where if you are a beginner, you'll understand everything in it. But if you're an experienced, like, let's just say like database administrator, um, or just like someone who's technically savvy that you won't like roll your eyes at like, quote unquote, the simplicity of it. And like one of the principles I use with that is like, I want everything, all the concepts I introduce in my presentations and workshops as much as I can possibly do to start with the concepts and from like a ground zero perspective, where if I use a term, I'm going to define it at some point, whether it's in the introduction and not just assume you know it. Because like when I started in solution engineering, I did like a bunch of these live lab workshops, like help get myself just up to date on the tech. And like one of the things I remember that I like never like in the moment when I was just new in solution engineering, I noticed that I wanted to make sure I remembered this when I got more technically savvy and like deeper in my career which was like just how frustrating it was to run into acronyms and concepts that weren't defined in the material that you were learning from. Cause like, I'd have to have like 10 tabs open being like, okay, what does this mean now? What does this mean in this? And it was, was, (laughs) yeah, it was just like, you had to go so deep down the rabbit hole. And like, I think one of the things that being a product manager has like kind of taught me and just being able to kind of like synchronize those like different perspectives of my work experience past is like only half of our job is actually understanding the technology. Like the other half is like knowing how to most easily like feed it to people. So like it doesn't have to be like these huge paragraph long things, but just like if you're going to mention a term, define it in like two sentences when you first bring it up. And then you don't have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like just getting the technology set up, making sure that anyone looking at it, regardless of their like experience within reason, could just learn with the building blocks you give them. And also, I would say like getting the storytelling down because Mm -hmm. just like looking at marketing and educational stuff for other industries where like, let's just say the source material is a bit simpler. There's such an emphasis on storytelling because like that's what gets stuff to stick with people where if you just, you can tell someone like a page of information and it might just go over their head. But if you just put it in like a story and narrative and organize in a way that just like our brains are better at consuming as people, you can just make so much more get absorbed. But I feel like a lot of the times being in tech, Mm -hmm. there's so accuracy is such a hard thing to accomplish because like you could just say one word wrong and it means something entirely different than what you're trying to communicate. That's 
that's honestly probably like one of the hardest things about public speaking in tech is you're always second guessing yourself and you always have to like just pause be like did I phrase that properly did I make sure I communicate it because the difference between like one word here can mean like drastically different things but because like we spend so much effort and resources on like the accuracy itself because like that's kind of like a there's no conversation that needs to be right it's it feels like we're almost kind of exhausted sometimes when it comes to like the how we package things so that's something that like i try and i'm gonna get better at it with time but like i want to make sure i don't forget just basic marketing principles i've learned in basic like delivery where like even with my uh sql cl liquid base workshop i put it through this like movie stream story where you're a new developer at this company, you're trying to get your development environment set up that includes getting your database and everything in order. So you have the data objects you're going to be working with, like by fitting it in this narrative, I'm trying to make it more relatable, even if it is this like hypothetical situation, because like the more that we just put things in terms of like easy to understand, like relatable experiences, the better it's like, yeah, that's kind of just my thoughts around like my process around it. it's like almost it's like juggling different things. It's like juggling being original creative, juggling mm-hmm. just the technical content accuracy. And it's also just like juggling the value statements like, OK, this is what the technology does. But like, think about how hard it is sometimes to like know everything about the tech and then give the elevator pitch on the value statements. If it's hard for you, someone learning this the first time is also going to have a really difficult time thinking about the value. So if you just start from like the, hey, here's the value. This is why you should care about it. Like, let's just say SQL CL liquid base. It's going to help you save time, be a lot more efficient, and you don't have to worry about making as many manual errors. Once you start with like, say, those three points, you have people's attention and they're interested where it's like, okay, I could use more time and my resources already stretched thin. Like, tell me about it. Me versus just say going, Hey, here's this technology that does X, Y, and Z. And you have to like use your brain yourself and think about like, but okay, but like what, how will this help me reach whatever end goal? Cause I mean, like one of the things that being like a tech worker is we're naturally very curious about technology, but we do have to remember that at the end of the day, we're making products for businesses that's supposed to like increase their effectiveness and our job is to tell them like hey here's the value not make not going here's the manual figure it out yourself kind of thing exactly yeah we always have to tie it down to a business problem right we're solving business problems and we also i feel like a lot of the times that i'm working on something uh whether it's I don't know, documentation for people or a presentation or a live lab or a video. I always think about who's going to be the person watching this. Like who is, who are my audience, right? Because sometimes, okay. So I feel like I'm better at simplifying everything and I'm more of a visual person, right? Because I don't have like, of course, I'm learning how to get that technical background, but I'm not as technical as other people in my team, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of like my my strength, being able to explain things to people without, that are not like that technical. But sometimes it, it's just inevitable to be very technical and go in depth, right? 
but you also have to understand who you're talking to because if you're talking to someone that's not as technical you're going to lose them right away when you start giving them like crazy terminology going too in depth with like the technology right so I definitely always start by focusing on who the person that's going to be watching my content or you know reading my content is and definitely I think storytelling is like super important because people connect with you through that story or they might even leave your presentation saying oh I understand what this is just because you know you can use it in xyz and that's like the story that you told them so that's like super powerful and I feel like another thing that I really really like in presentations is when for example right now um we have like the three the free developer release right the 23c free developer release and we're using we're basically creating graphs using sql right but before we we used to use um pgql right that is property um property graph query language, right? And I, I like to see like the before and after, right? To see how things have changed. And sometimes we just tend to just show what, what's happening right now and not what how it looked before, right? So like, I like having those two comparisons in the screen. So that also brings in like the, the value, you know? But yeah. Those are like my, my tips and tricks for presentations. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, like it is hard too because there have been times when I'm trying, like I'm just like thinking about the fact like, okay, I've got to hit this thing from like all these different angles, the technical, the creative, the storytelling, the value. Mm -hmm. But like we physically can't do it all at the same time, like which is why it's kind of cool of our projects. Like it has to be layered. Like you can't, you have to do one layer at a time. Like because if you try to mix it all together, like, it's it's overload for your brain it's like left brain versus right brain activation um it's interesting though like i'm curious to see how we just continue to get better at that stuff exactly. and just even yeah like i've been super i'm trying to go on or i'm not trying i'm going on vacation next week mm -hmm. so i'm trying to get like all my stuff done before and like a lot of cloud world deadlines and stuff is a uh, coming up that I need to take care of and just even though like time management stress just being able to juggle different like juggle different things is something that we've like talked about a lot on this podcast mm -hmm. it's still one of those things that like just because we talk about it like doesn't mean it's just like oh we've given our thoughts and tips on it and, and like now it. we can just yeah and like that's it like we figured it out like we have the secret formula like no it's like reinforcing yeah these things that talking about it helps but like as like an active learning kind of thing mm -hmm. like for example uh I moved into my new apartment with Montana my girlfriend about a month ago now and we did like the technically managing episode where we were talking about like finances and all that stuff mm -hmm. and just like good saving money and like investment principles and all it and like even despite that it's still something that like kind of like with time management, everything else in work, I have to like still actively work on. And like right. Montana and I were just like talking and we're like, hey, we're finally getting settled and we can like start to breathe in our new apartments. Mm -hmm. We've just had a bunch of like craziness going on. We had to buy furniture for the apartments. Like 
moving is an expensive process. Mm-hmm. We need to like, our relationship is getting more mature and we're getting more settled. We need to start having these conversations about like budgeting and being better about this stuff. It's like even things that we know in theory and principle, like you still have to like actively work on it. Like for example, like one of the things that we've been doing and we were like working on last weekend is our life has been like way too chaotic. We've had too much going on and it feels like we've been making like too many impulsive decisions just based off of not having enough time and being like highly stressed in both of our jobs because Montana just like started at Apple and I'm working on all the cloud world stuff. So like we literally sat down last weekend. We're like, okay, like let's work on a budget plan for our future now that we're like in a house together, like or apartment together. Like this is a big milestone for our relationship. Um, Like one of the things that we're doing is we're doing like two date nights a month so we can kind of keep our going out expenses under control. Like we're doing one nice date night that we plan like once a month where we go out and the other one's like a swing by the grocery store on our way home from Friday night, get like a bottle of wine and maybe splurge a little bit on some cheese and do like a stay at home date night. So yeah, so like that's kind of like been where my brain's been on the personal life side of just things that I know and I've been thinking about but like I'm still trying to just hammer in the application of it yep yeah no I totally understand because I feel like it's still a struggle like whenever you're you know struggling with um, time management like you have a lot of deadlines and stuff like that like you might not have time to cook for example so you might just Mm -hmm want to like order something to eat and everything is so expensive like (laughs) ordering food delivery food is really expensive sometimes going out is really expensive so you just end up getting into this habit that then you have to like stop yourself and be like okay we need to look at our finances and it's awesome that you guys talk about money and all that stuff because I do think that's such an important part of our relationship especially because you guys are living together right Mm -hmm. But you'll be surprised of how many people don't talk to their partner about money and stuff, you know? So yeah. that's really good. I, mean, I talk to my boyfriend about money all the time. We both we're both. That's about- something that we're both good about, I feel like. Where yeah. even if we say, like, get Uber Eats too much and we maybe yeah. don't make the best financial situations at time. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that's like, we're having that conversation exactly. of our partner. So we kind of just, like, watch each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, like, super helpful. Yeah, because the Uber Eats is, oh my God, when you're moving and there's boxes everywhere, that's like, uh, that's been just hurting my soul, the amount of Uber Eats, because work's Mm -hmm. been super busy. I get out of work to like an apartment full of boxes. Luckily, there's only a couple boxes left now. Mm -hmm. But when you're just exhausted and overwhelmed and you have to put stuff away, the last thing you want to like think about is cooking something. Yeah. And you're like half put together kitchen. So we've been so bad on ordering the food i'm like enough is enough we need to like start getting exactly everything taken care of yeah like i don't know if i told you that i used to order my groceries too from mm-hmm. instacart um and then one time i went to costco costco is like right next to my house so like i should have you know walked to costco every time but i checked the prices of costco and i think I was looking at the eggs and I think they were like two or three dollars more expensive. And that's with every item, you know, so they do you dirty of that. That's how they make their money. 
they'll right. mark it up on the apps and stuff for the delivery. And you're just like, oh, this thing is this much. Like, you don't remember how much a steak like, costs. Yeah. Like, you're like, if it says 26, but then you're in a store, it's 24. Like, you don't consciously register that. But, like, that stuff adds up. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, okay. Like, either way, it's like one, two more dollars. Right. But, like, I did not go to grocery stores. I just order my food all the time. And now I cancel my Instacart. I'm walking to Costco with my beach cart. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that make a difference because I'm feeling it now with like my finances for sure yeah it adds up for sure so plus it's a it's a nice way of like getting out of the house you know especially us that we work from home I'm such a cave gremlin when it comes to leaving the house like <laughs> oh my Literally. god it gets Literally. bad but uh something that I'm curious your thoughts are because I've been like thinking about it a lot lately mm -hmm. is like the FOMO of being in your 20s and just kind of, it feels like we're stuck in between these like different worlds where mm -hmm. on one hand, we're not like, we're still trying to be young and like not die inside because we have plenty of time for that when we like get married and have kids and all that or whatever else the hell adults do. But on the other, like we do need to like actually get our shit together. Yep. So like one of the things I'm like thinking about lately that's like, I've been and I think it's especially because my time has been like non-existent the past month with just the move and everything. Mm -hmm. I've been feeling guilty about the fact that I haven't been able to like, say, see friends or go out or new meet new people the way that historically I've been able to do. Where like, I feel like on one hand, like you think about your parents when they had kids and stuff like when I don't know, like maybe everyone's different but like at least when I was young and just most of my like childhood my parents like had their friends but they weren't like going out and being social because like they had responsibilities like you're an adult that's one of the things you take care of and kind of just like how we can't go out as much now being adults as like say when in college because of those responsibilities mm -hmm. I'm still trying to find that happy medium right now where in one hand you have the FOMO because in college and all that stuff like so much time was around social activities where it's like always like parties and you're living with your friends so right. you're just interacting with those friend groups and able to kind of keep them closer yeah closer a lot easier but like just being in like your mid-20s and now it's different where you you're you have your stuff you have to take care of so it's not like a hey like you want to see these people but also it's like i gotta do my stuff but then you're like it's I feel like there is a bit of that just weird negative thoughts that a lot of people experience around like mm -hmm. you have certain friends who you're growing away from some people move away others you only have a chance to see like once a month and then it's like hey like even if I get to see these people I'm thinking about the fact that I haven't gotten a chance to like see these other people and I feel like everyone's expectations are also in like a weird flux too where it's like let's just say when you're an adult and you have a family and kids everyone's parents so it's like if you're just like hey the kids everyone's like i get it when right. everyone's like at different maturity levels and they're 20 and and have like different expectations and areas of focus it's not just like a thing of in your head of like hey your own thoughts it's also just like different people have different expectations for you too and it just like yeah. adds to the messiness yeah i think <laughs> It's complex, right? Like, it's very complicated. But I try my best 
to at least have like one social event event a month at mm -hmm. least because sometimes I feel like I've just become a worker lately you know like my life is work and that's it work mm -hmm. at home you know that's part and, of what I've been thinking about this yeah yeah and like I'm when I was in college, I was not a home person. I was never home, never. I was always outside, always doing social stuff and everything. Um, I graduated in 2017, so that's a long time. And I've been in this process of realizing that the way I socialize now is totally different to how I socialized, socialized back in the day. And it's also weird because I came from a college town right Tallahassee is a college town they're all students they're all kind of in the same stage of life that everyone else is they're going to school now we are some of us work from home some some of us go to an office they like my friends here they all have different jobs and some of them even have children you know I, I don't mind going out with them and their children you know but they might have to be home at a certain time you know and they're just like in different stages of life compared to me, right? And I feel like sometimes I'm so comfortable at home because I'm always kind of tired, you know? So I just want to be my couch or like cooking at home or doing home stuff, you know? But I need to force myself to also go out and do other things, like have a social life because you also end up, you know, going a little crazy when you're like just with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you know, like- I I have to mention that after you finish your train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you end up being like, I don't know. Like, I feel like at some point I tell my boyfriend sometimes I'm like, you don't, you're not going to hang out with your friends. Like you, I think you need some testosterone around you or something, you know, because no, it literally, is true. Yeah. it is true. Or like we girls, we need to like, I don't know, do girl stuff. Yeah. You I need to complain about your boyfriends. That's exactly. part of it. Like, <laughs> exactly. I heard a funny joke. Uh, who was the comedian? It was um shoot. It was Tom. It's Tom Segura's wife, uh, Christina Pazinski. She has this joke where she's like, "I hate people who say that their boyfriend or husband's their best friend." I'm like, I was like, Ugh. you know who's your best friend? The person that you talk shit about too with your uh, like you you talk shit about your husband with like that's your best friends. Like, like that's you kind of funny. need that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's so important. So. Sometimes I might not feel like going out, but I'm still going to do it because I feel like I need to have a balance, you know, like I can't just be home all the time or even like, I feel like I've gotten away from thinking of things or doing things that I actually like. So this month, I'm actually going to start volunteering for the shelter, the animal shelter in oh, Miami, nice. in North Miami. So I'm really excited about that because I can't just be a working person, you know, I need to yeah. be, I don't know, Ramu outside of work. So, and it's hard because we work from home. That is the problem. You know, we, we don't leave to go to an office. We're not forced to go to an office. That's the most dangerous thing is when your home's also your work environment. It's very exactly. hard to like get that mental separation. Exactly. Exactly. So that is the problem because someone might ping me at, eight or something and I might look at that message and do something about it at eight because I'm home you know so I think it's a balance like for example you just said that you are planning on doing two date nights a month with Montana right you <laughs> should definitely be like I'm gonna do something social once a month at least with someone else you know like I mean yeah. she can come with but like still do something like social because if not 
you even become like a like a I don't know like a socially awkward person like mm-hmm. sometimes I literally like I only have jokes with my boyfriend and I feel like he's the only one that's gonna understand my jokes you know because I don't know if I'm funny outside of this you know no literally I'm already like I'm already weird enough I I can literally <laughs> tell when I haven't been around other people enough where I'm like oh I already know I'm a bit like on a different beat <laughs> like I don't yeah. need anything else that like works against my favor of that literally but no yeah you notice like just not being around social environments as much you're just like I just feel weird I've been talking to people through zoom screens who aren't like in my immediate vicinity yeah and you know like even right now the world is just so different when it comes to socializing because for example I'm I mean like my late 20s now you are in your (laughs) mid-20s that 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 must be awesome you know but (laughs) but um like people I don't know how adults meet people nowadays you know because like a lot of people are meeting through like applications and stuff like that I'm not very used to that you know like I'm more of like a I don't know meet someone in person type of thing and have a conversation but I feel like people are more like in their own bubble now like it's not as easy to reach out to people in person now yeah because like on that one, one of the big things I personally think, like my theories it's attributed to is mm-hmm. there was almost these like three phases, at least in recent memory around socialization. There was pre-internet where your culture and who you were and your interests and everything was affected by your literal like geographic location where it's like if you're living in Austin, Texas, all you have to absorb is other people in Austin, Texas. But then the internet came along and the way that like the internet used to be structured was like when you went on like YouTube and stuff, everyone kind of had the common culture of whatever the big thing was. It was a way for stuff to go viral. Like if something went viral, like let's just say, I don't know, some like Taylor Swift's an example of something that's going viral now that still kind of holds to old school rules, but like just something that is just gets a lot of popularity. Everyone would see, but the way that they're doing all these like personalized feeds and like the psychology behind it now is where at least with the beginning of the internet or where it was a couple of years ago, you could still share the common culture by seeing what the most popular things were. And we were all exposed to that. Now everything like that you see is like just based off of your like data and what they think you want to see so you just get pushed more and more into these silos and like everyone's that's like one of the weirdest social things I think they'll be talking about for a long time and maybe it's like here to stay hopefully it's different because I think it's like a pretty bad thing Mm -hmm. is where people are getting individualized based off of technology and the way the internet works now And it's getting harder and harder for us to communicate outside of our silos just because we're getting pushed deeper and deeper in a bunch of different directions. And there's not really any big common thing for us to like meld around. Yeah, that damn that that goes so deep. (laughs) Because it is true. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. we're not exposing ourselves to like different perspectives now. We're just seeing things that they think we like. And we probably do, but, you know, I don't know. Like, we're losing that culture of meeting different people and making it easier to, 
I don't know, get to know other people that are different to us too. Yeah. Like things are also just getting very weird and what's like, what's a good word? Just standoffish where there's like, I I feel like there's like two categories in the world right now. There's a lot of messed up stuff going on mm-hmm. and there's the messed up stuff where it's like, we do need to get angry about. And it's like, Hey, like this isn't good that this keeps going. And then there's the messed up stuff that you look at and like, it's like, okay, people are over-exaggerating. Like you don't have enough yeah. worries in your life. If this is what you're focusing on. The problem is as a collective, just society, no one knows, like we know there's these two groups, but no one knows what's in one group and what's in the other. And we can't come to a consensus on it. So it's like so divided, everything's yeah. so divided nowadays. It's like, yeah, it's like, there is like a lot of weird stuff going on. And if you just bring it up to people, they're like, yeah, like I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But mm-hmm. it's also, it's like, no one knows what the answer is. And also like, everyone's just getting angry about like all these weird little things. And it's really hard to know. It's like, what's important and what's not like, where's the justification and like where is it just like and eh, maybe we just need some sleep and to focus on something else exactly yeah i feel like it it gets harder for people to be okay with having friends that are that have different views you know like right uh-huh. now if like your friend doesn't have the same view as you like that's it you're canceled you know and that is so sad because like i feel like for example when i moved to to the US and I came here for college, I was meeting people from so many different places and so many different backgrounds that I learned so much to see other people's perspectives, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's something that we're definitely losing. And I also feel like COVID has a big thing too on like socialization right now, you know, like that made people weird COVID and the after COVID. It's- Both news and socialization got really weird and everyone got a lot more skeptical of each other. Mm-hmm. I think the whole like canceling era, that kind of kicked things off. But mm-hmm. like, I think the COVID stuff just made everyone a lot more because like no one knows what to believe. Like, even with news and stuff, I was mentioning to you before the show, like one of my topics is, is like, I'm thinking of potentially doing uh, like news fasting, just like deleting the news apps for my phone. Mm-hmm. All I really follow that's just one news source is the Wall Street Journal. Like, I don't I don't like to mess around the whole, like, Fox News, CNN type thing mm-hmm. or just, like, quote, unquote, like, the mainstream. Just because, like, across the board, you, you can just tell with, like, the headline words they're using and, like, the verbiage and even the stories. I'm like, you guys are doing conclu- – I don't care, like, what party. You guys are doing conclusion first, and mm-hmm. then you're trying to, like, almost, like – go on this easter egg hunt around like trying to find facts that supports your claim because oh my God, yes yeah I and like even <laughs> like even with the wall street journal like i've historically done that one just because it keeps me kind of on the pulse of business and they they have their biases but they're generally one of the better ones but mm-hmm. even lately i've just been like thinking about how every time i like open the app just to check what's like going on in the world I'm like, oh my God, I just closed this just feeling terrible because everything is catastrophized mm-hmm. and like all the headlines and information just makes you think that like we're all screwed, the sky is falling and like everything is your fault. Like it's it it's also been like playing into this negative attention gets more interaction and positive yes. attention. Yes. And I'm just kind of like, I don't. And it's even it's annoying, too, because there are just articles I'll look at. And I'm like, I know enough about this 
to know that this isn't the case. And the way that you're like phrasing this is like just meant to get a reaction out of people, which from the ethical perspective, it's like, I'm not going to judge you as a single source because you're in the media industry. Mm -hmm. Like you have to compete. And it's like your kind of choices right now of like the legacy media is do these dirty things or die. But like, I, that doesn't mean I don't judge the whole just meta of it all. And I'm just like, we need to kind of find a way around this. So I don't know. It's hard. I've been thinking about potentially just deleting the app on my phone and maybe just checking it once a week for stories. But that's the hard thing is I don't want to like completely cut myself off because it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Like we might've got confirmation the other week that like aliens are real. Did you see that? They're finally posting that in like the mainstream stuff where it's just like these like congressional hearings. There's just like insiders who worked on these programs said, this is definitely like the truth under like testimony and stuff. And it just lines up with so many other sources we've been hearing. And like a lot of, just these pieces are like fitting together. So I'm like, I want to know about the aliens. Like, I need to know if like- Are they coming here? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, interest rates might oh, increase again or they just increase. Like, there's a couple different stories nice. where I'm like following. Like, there's there's like shit going down in Israel right now. Like, there's some, we still have the Ukrainian war. Like, there's these geopolitical events where we do kind of need to like at least be slightly aware of because- things could change in a flash and that would affect our lives. But it's just annoying because it feels like it's a bit of this waiting game mm-hmm. where in the meantime, like, I just know something. I can tell I'm being, like, fed this, like, malware in these right. news stories that, like, feels propaganda-y. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm aware of it, but it still affects your psychology, even if you're conscious uh-huh. of it. But it's just, like, I can't just be living in a box. The problem so. is, like, I feel like they're telling you how to feel about the news, you know? like Yeah, the news used to be... No, literally, like the news, like just across the board, they're just they've been talking about how uh, trust in institutions has been like deteriorating rapidly since I think it was like the 70s or 80s, at least back in the day. Like we're humans. We're going to have our spin. It's not perfect. But at least when it came to reporting, there Mm -hmm. was this reporting like ethos of, hey, we're trying our best to go. Here's the facts, even though there's a lot of perspective and just reality let Mm -hmm. the reader come to their own conclusion it's completely reversed now where it's like here's what how you should feel Mm -hmm. then it's here's the conclusion and then it's like here's some facts and you're like these facts aren't even like yeah 100 percent lined up with the conclusion that you told me exactly yeah it's very frustrating i feel like i felt more effective like mentally when COVID happened, because they were like, oh, it was made in a lab. No, it was not made in a lab. Oh, this is like, uh, you know, like a bioweapon and all this stuff, you know? And that's when you like start to see how sometimes people are like, oh, the news doesn't matter. Oh, I don't watch the news, but it does affect you. You know, the way you think about things or like you start feeling like you can't trust what you're reading anymore because it's so biased people are telling you what to believe so it just gets overwhelming to be honest and then it divides us more and then 
yeah, here we are, socially awkward in public, right. not knowing. Literally, what the, literally. Well, that's that's why I'm like no comment on the Barbie movie because I'm like I'm not You're even gonna touch that. Exactly. Want to know why? Because I can already think of five labels and stereotypes that would throw on me if I say anything negative about that, regardless of the fact that my like opinions on it are nuanced. It's like you, it's not worth playing those kinds of games. It's very interesting. You know, li- literally, that's like why people are like socially awkward right now mm-hmm. it's because we cannot voice our opinion without people feeling like personally attacked i feel because like honestly like if you told me you don't like barbie i'm not gonna be like oh my god i hate zach because he doesn't yeah. like barbie like you know you like i'm gonna respect your opinion you don't like barbie because of this this and that okay great i like barbie you know and that's okay too you know mm-hmm. but people are taking things too personal and that makes us more socially awkward because as humans we always try to get people to like us yeah and it's like we're supposed like just part of the way like the world just like being human works is like we're supposed to learn from each other or it's Mm -hmm. like yeah in the moment it doesn't need to be like hey i need to completely agree with everything you say and vice versa it's like hey someone so said something interesting where i didn't think like i don't agree with them on it but it got me start like starting to think about it and then you walk away from that conversation being a little bit more like, hey, you now are a little bit more reinforced in your opinions. Or maybe go, no, they had a point there on this thing. Right. Like, and you shift your opinion. Like, we're so, we're not supposed, if we were the same person, like, now as we are in 20 years, like, that's a huge problem. Like, imagine right. just being your, having, like, all the same thoughts and opinions of your 15-year-old self. Like, that doesn't mean when you're 15, you were a liar or you're a bad person or any of these things like right but like you see these arguments in social media where it's like so-and-so said this 10 years ago and they're a bad person Mm -hmm. because I'm like but who are they now how do they feel now like where were they then and all of it that was like one of the things that kind of scared me about starting a podcast is I was worried about just like because I feel like I changed my opinion it's like I make mistakes like I have some like wild hot takes here and I'm like eh but then some of my other wild hot takes, I'm like, later, I'm like, oh, I'm actually on to something here. I'm like doubling down on it. But I was kind of worried about the whole having this record out there. But it did start to get me think. And honestly, I feel like it's made me a better person just having to come to terms of us doing this podcast, being like, hey, mm-hmm. I might say some things that I don't agree with in the future. But by by starting to look at reality in this like journey that's life from the perspective of like I'm always trying to learn and improve and I might say go two steps forward one steps back like Mm -hmm. just the pursuit of trying to be better learn more become wiser like that's what this is all about like it's not it's what what, what's the saying I forget who said it but it's like our ideas die so we don't have to and like kind of part of the process of life just like throwing all of the shit it does at you is seeing like what ideas and thoughts aren't worth holding on to when like just hit with the hard realities in life but also which ones are the ones like fighting for and like which ones are the ones dying for like those are the really important ideas and questions but like yeah like just even with this podcast like we're kind of talking about how people are afraid to speak Mm -hmm. i've noticed it's made me more confident being able to talk publicly and just not be able to speak without having something rehearsed because Mm -hmm. this got this has gotten us like better at being able to talk on our toes 
without yeah. like stepping on a landmine. So like that's been pretty cool. Yeah. We're always developing like we're we're not the same as yesterday, basically. And that's yeah. okay. I think that's like the important part of understanding that, you know, yesterday you thought this was right, tomorrow who knows, you know, you might go through something and it might change your opinion and it's okay. And I always said it, right? Like whenever we get the hate from the internet, that's when we made it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I got my first hate message. <laughs> like, remember that? Like that was uh, like three weeks ago. <laughs> I need to tell that story. I like woke up and I don't normally check. I'll normally keep an eye on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube and like our TikTok and Instagram stuff. I leave to Megan, um, my sister, and our podcast manager in Ramu because, like, they work together on it. Um, but I woke up and I saw this, like, one com- um, comment on, like, it was, like, our TikTok or Instagram. And it was just, like, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. And my first thought was, shit, did I finally get called out on one of the times I talked out my ass? And I, like, was all worried because, like, I don't check all the clips before we put them in the pipeline. And I like watched the clip and I'm like, oh no, I was definitely right on this one. Like I doubled down on it, but. It's just so easy to say something like you're not, you don't know what you're talking about, but then you don't even give us a, why are you saying that? Like, I didn't even understand what he was, this person was disagreeing on, you know? No, but like, it's funny because everyone talks about the internet hate thing and Mm -hmm if we ever get actually big that's going to be a challenge in and of itself but there was something kind of empowering of the baby steps of that moment where it's like hey i got my first like negative comments like i'm still alive i didn't get canceled or fired like everything's okay it just makes you kind of like the confidence we build talking publicly do that like doing this Mm -hmm. it just makes you feel like oh like hey like things aren't as catastrophize as the media and all the information and what's being communicated to us mm-hmm. is like leading us to believe. Cause it's like, why like people want to know it's like, why is Gen Z so anxious and depressed and like scared to live their lives? It's because like everything we've been getting fed since at least college is like, if you do one wrong step, like you're going to ruin your life and have like this angry mob at you. It's like, if you want to know what's a really quick way of just like, what's, what's a word just, deflating an entire generation Mm -hmm. it's like teaching them like don't act like don't step out of line don't take risks because like you'll be like knocked down but like if you start to take those risks you're like hey like this is there's kind of like a lot of like potential and opportunity out there like who knows where this podcast will go in a year or something it's like i've talked about this with my tech journey once i like left finance and went to tech it's like, a, oh, shit, if I can do that, I can do other stuff that are easier. Yeah. And it's like a lot of it's just building that confidence. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if we weren't able to make this podcast big, it still shows like commitment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's making we, us better people too, yeah. Exactly. Like we've made this, you know, um, basically, I forgot how you say that. Compromiso. <laughs> uh, we've compromised, right, to do this, and we haven't stopped doing it since we started it. You know, so that is a really big thing that a lot of people don't have, like keeping up with this, you know, and um, everything, all the tasks that we have to do behind the scene and everything. 
it's like a good skill to have so even if we don't make it or anything like it's a good thing you know like a good experience to have for sure so yeah yeah something on that that was uh i was thinking about this week was like i was morale was so bad yesterday to kind of like circle back around to the whole like hey we have to go out and be social topic I've been very like feast or famine with that it feels like the past year where I've been very famine with it lately just with not having any time and like I've been just noticing it's been making me like weird and on edge and I'm almost like I'm worried in a way about just like bleeding into my social interactions Mm -hmm. a bit which is like kind of what made me like take stock of it and be like, okay, like make things will be okay. I need to do like, obviously I have to sacrifice and like, there's going to be some pain to get my commitments done, but also it's like, I need to make sure I get my sleep. I can't just be working on the apartment and work all the time. Like get out. I need to see friends. Even if it feels that's like one of the, the tricky things of it is like, you feel like you're, not holding up to your responsibilities by like doing quote unquote fun stuff but you forget sometimes that you have to give yourself that break just so you can like recharge and be more effective but like the point I was getting at that started me on this was yesterday I was just super just exhausted frustrated had like a thousand things on my mind and there were some like moments I'm like I just need to like take stuff on my like off my plate and I'm like the pot, I'm like, oh my God, I have to do the podcast tomorrow too. I'm in such a shitty mood. I'm worried about just like that bleeding into it and not being able to quote unquote be on for the podcast. And I got, I was able to like catch a wind of my work, get over a mental roadblock I was dealing with yesterday. I got 10 hours of sleep last night. I passed out super early and I was feeling like a lot better and more confident today. So my point being with all this is, when you do commit yourself to things, give realize that even if in the moment you're going to have your like doubts and emotions and stuff, mm-hmm. take a bigger sample size than one day before you make decisions on your long-term commitments. Because where I can get bad at that is I'm very good at rationalizing and making things like finding very good logic to things in my head so let's like say yesterday when i was just exhausted overwhelmed anxious had a thousand things to do and not enough time it was like there was a lot of thoughts like i just need to cut stuff off my plate like looking for immediate solutions and just was like i was just like in full kind of like panic mode but what I realized like this morning after I was just feeling better and I was able to just take some baby steps on what I need to do yesterday mm-hmm. is just moving the ball forward even just a little bit. That made me feel more confident. I'm like, okay, even though I'm not as far today as I wish I was, mm-hmm. at least I'm now a couple steps further along and just getting like a good night's sleep. I think it was Tim Ferriss has a line, something I'm butchering it and I'm paraphrasing and adding my own twist probably, but something to do is like most of the time your problem isn't what you think the problem is. It really just comes down to like needing to eat healthy food and get some sleep, like try that first before you go rearranging your whole life. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like what I went through like this morning where I'm like, okay, move forward a little bit, 
I got some sleep. Hey, do I still have a lot of stuff I need to get done? Is it still a thing that's going to like, is things still going to be like tight and there's going to be some like pain that I'll have to feel? Yes. But you know what? At least I'm in like a sound mind right now. I know that my like emotions aren't going to bleed into just how I project into the world. And it's like, things will be okay. We'll take it one day at a time. So when, when you are um, setting up whatever you have to do for the day, the week, like how, how do you approach that? Do you make a list of things? Okay. Today I minimum, I have to do this before I, I finish my day. How, how do you approach that? Yeah, I feel like I have different tiers of that. It all depends on kind of like what level of emergency we're at. Mm -hmm. I would say Zach, which has a lot of breathing room, I'm a lot more organized and I'm more principled and just like having my list, having all my notes in one note, making sure my desk area is clear and all that. Mm -hmm. But like, say, for example, like Zach right now, I have some like, I've got stuff I need to do before I leave for vacation because I don't want to have to touch anything. I don't give myself that mental break. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it in terms of just necessities where it's like, Hey, are there some other things that I wish I could be doing now in terms of just making sure I'm set up having my like list and stuff in order? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are those things important? And in the long run, they lead to being more long-term effective and having more stable energy. Yes. But like, what is the reality I'm dealing with now? Right. So like for now, like it's very much on my just white piece of paper. I'll write down what do I absolutely need to do today and make sure I knock it out. And it's just like going tunnel vision. So yeah, it kind of depends on the situation. And I think that's like an interesting lesson I've learned is I've, I don't like not being prepared and it stresses me out when I feel like I'm not um, able to be. But I think Jeff called it something in like living in the chaos of like being a product manager where like there's going to be these times where it's like, look, there's going to be some chaos and you're not going to be able to order things the way you are. And like you just got to like get stuff done. But being able to quote unquote like dance in the chaos, mm -hmm. I think that's one of those important job skills where it's like even right now, like. I was dancing in a chaos, I think a bit two months ago was the last time we were like doing stage and stuff and things were pretty bad. I'm definitely in that now, but every time I kind of have to like do that dance, I'm learning a little bit more and I'm a little bit more prepared for next time. And I think it's making me a better person too, where it's like, don't get me wrong. It still like sucks right now and I wish I didn't have to deal with it, but I don't know. I'm glad I'm having the opportunities and I'm dealing with this stuff now while the stakes are where they are versus say having to learn these lessons for the first time when like you're a parent with a kid and now it's like not just like keeping myself alive and work. It's like, right. oh shit, there's other human beings involved here who I'm responsible for. You know, I think that also comes with the balance, right? Like us talking about go out with your friends, uh, spend some quality time with your girlfriend, um, cook some good meals, you know, go to sleep. That is definitely part of the balance. And this is always, as you said, like a process of making things better. Maybe tomorrow you like next week you'll see me and I'm like losing all my shit right now. And I'm like literally going crazy. 
um I told you already I've had a really like chaotic week but I'm like so positive right now I don't know what's happening no that was like that's what I'm like talking about like me yesterday versus today is a lot better yeah it's like oh my god but you know something that I've started to do is telling myself it's not that serious like it's not that serious you know like for example I'll get my crucial things done and I've been so productive in that sense of like oh tomorrow I have this meeting and I have to have this material by this time for my meeting okay I'm gonna work on this right now you know and I'm gonna leave everything aside I didn't get time to I don't know take care of this other thing it's okay I have tomorrow to take care of it I'll wake up early tomorrow with a fresh mind because sometimes even I don't know about you but when I'm overwhelmed everything goes wrong like oh yeah I lose details um I get in a bad mood I'm like stressed out about time I'm like oh there's not enough time and you know like I can't control time I can't make like if it's if this thing takes me three hours it takes me three hours and I did my best you know and whatever I didn't complete it is what it is I'll leave it for tomorrow because I'll do a better job tomorrow like being realistic there's gonna be times where you have to stay up until like 10 working or whatever when you have a lot of deadlines but sometimes you do also have to set your boundaries because if you're not happy with like for example like you at home that you had so many boxes you had to organize so many things maybe that's your priority as a person Zach outside of Oracle you know so my motto has been it's not that serious it's not that serious I'm gonna get it done you know I I know the perfect quote to end this podcast on and Layla, uh, our team's intern, mm-hmm. she's the one who told me about it. I'm trying to get my Chrome open because I want to see if I can find it. Uh, hopefully, I can do this super quick. You- Is there anything you can fill the air with, like two well, seconds? I-, I wanted to ask you, like, do you cook or? Who does the cooking in your house? <laughs> Montana and I both do the cooking. Um, she's a better cook and does more. But like, I'll make meals for us or like, we'll like cook together. Um, a lot of my cooking is mostly meal prep, though. Okay. But. But yeah, like, uh, I really hope I can find it. Okay, I'm going to give this like a solid three more seconds i wish there was a way to uh yeah i'm not gonna find it i want to put the quote in the description of the podcast like people take a look at that one but it's it's a good one and like it literally i it really like hit a chord layla it was from this book that layla read and she recommended to me And, like, basically, like, the gist of it is, like, you're being unfair to yourself when you're being so hard on yourself Mm -hmm. while expecting yourself to be kind and, like, forgiving and understanding of other people. Where it's, like, I feel like we all want to try to, like, be a good person, be as considerate of others and within reason as possible. Mm -hmm. But, like, it starts, you have to give that same attitude towards, like, people outside of you as yourself otherwise like the pyramid 
you're starting the foundation of the pyramid all wrong. It's like it's going to leak out in ways that you don't intend and you don't want to do. The quote summarizes it really well. So I'll find that for the description. But it just like really got me like thinking about this because like I feel like if there's anything mm-hmm. that just like leads me to be like, Ugh, it's just getting myself in these like mental spirals, getting in a bad mood. And then like at the end of the day, like just kind of hoping like I hope if I was like in a bad mood and if anyone like noticed it, mm-hmm. they didn't take it like personally kind of thing and like think it was about them exactly no I feel you I think we're more critical of ourselves than other people outside so that's what we struggle with and not being kind to ourselves it's also it's like we work in tech and we're in our 20s like we're both like product managers at like one of the best companies in the world like we're very high performing people of course by nature we're going to be super self-critical I think part of the process of like getting more mature and just more wise as we get older is like realizing like hey like you're part of the puzzle too and you Mm -hmm. like I just said it's like it starts it starts with yourself you need to have that good foundation you can't just go around like treating yourself Mm -hmm. like biased when you want to like treat other people better than you like you do to yourself preach preach Thank so you that's, for attending our therapy. Yeah, that's our <laughs> this week's episode of therapy talk with Ramu and Zach. Technically managing therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the more we I feel like the the title of the podcast is really good for this. Like we are like it really is about us like just trying to technically manage like exactly. all of this. Honestly, if we're if we have any like people with experience watching this podcast, please, please like give us tips. You know, we're we're here talking, 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 but like we're like super open to like learn tips from like people that have been struggling with this for a long time. So get in the comments, like if you want to be on the podcast and you have an interesting story, reach out. We had oh, we had our first episode with yes. Denise, who's on Ramu's team last week. If you haven't checked it out, uh That's highly really recommend good. taking a look at it. It's really good. It hasn't gotten the views I want it to. I don't think it's the episode. I think it's just people kind of either catch it or don't. But go give that episode some love. Hear about Denise's story because it's really good. And yeah, looking forward to having more guests on in the future. But yeah, that was uh, Technically Managing. See you all soon. Thank you.